As I'm recording this, things are going pretty haywire on the COVID protocols, players in, players coming off, coaching staff. It's pretty crazy. So we're going to try to make this as evergreen of a podcast as possible because it's going to be absolutely crazy. I keep doing these updates, Renee. Like I'll tweet out 35 players are in protocols currently on Christmas Day teams. And then like three minutes later, it's obsolete, that tweet. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's hard to keep up right now. You know, on Twitter, I'm constantly refreshing, checking pages just to see like, what is the status? And at this point, it's almost not who's not playing, like who's playing. <laughs> yeah, I think LeBron might be still playing. But again, I'm going to try to stay away from this because maybe as soon as this record ends, LeBron is going to go into health and safety protocols. Welcome to the Haver Show. I'm Tom Haverstro. That's me, Al Hansen. Welcome to the Haver Show. I'm Tom Haverstro. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Renee Montgomery. Hi, Renee. What up with it? I'll tell you who's playing. Lance Stevenson's playing for the Atlanta okay. Hawks on Christmas Day. <laughs> Listen, you say that again. We saw what happened. He might start. Sometimes the players that get added can enter the health and safety protocols the same way. So you're referencing, though, that we signed Lance Stevenson, which he is always entertaining. So I'm not even going, I'm not even mad that he's a part of the Atlanta Hawks community right now, because like I said, he's fun to watch. Have you ever hooped with uh, Lance Stevenson before? I have not. Have you? No, no. Someone joked that the, uh, the whole breathing in someone's ear is not going to be very COVID friendly this time around. Oh, uh, you know what? Yes. He's going to have to back up out of people's personal space, but he might be like, that was just the one time thing. That might be the best way to defend LeBron. To blow in his ear? Get the COVID protocol all over what? here. Okay. What in the world? <laughs> we're not knowingly spreading COVID around here. Biological warfare. That's where we're at. Now. Oh, my God. That's what I would do in the finals, I think. I think I would have a guy tell him, I want you to go out hard, hard. And then, like, in game three, just guard LeBron or whoever the best player is, it's Steph, whoever, just cough all over him. All game long. And then there's the advantage. So you're assuming that the guy that was coughing on them had to have COVID, but would he be playing if he did? No, well, the idea is that he goes out hard the night before. The test would okay. not come back. It would come thicken. back Here positive. It's, okay. it's, you see what I'm saying? Like it would This come is why you're not getting back let back in the league. I mean, this is why you're banned from the league. Because I've got great ideas, ideas that work. This is a hot Ideas that work. Renee, what's the what's the most like Bush League amateur hour defensive tactic against you in your basketball career? I would just say to just be mad physical because I was a small player, um, you know, 5'7", 140. So when you think about in the sports world, what does that mean? That means that there's going to be a lot of people bigger than me. So they would just be leaning on me, kind of like everybody saw that viral clip of KD on Trey Young. That's really like, that was really like my life sometimes. So I, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, wow, players are still doing that. Were you triggered? Yeah. It's kind of like when big boxers put their body on you and just kind of wear you out all game. Yeah. People would just try to like wear me out all game by just physicality. Do you look at Trey Young and you like see yourself in Trey Young? Like, hey, I get it. I get it, bro. Definitely. You're not as big as these other dudes. And even you're going to step to Kevin Durant, been there. 
Been there. Definitely. Any small players, we all kind of have the same plight. You know, we're all going to have the same type of story where no matter how well you play, people are going to be like, yeah, but but their size won't let them carry a team. You know, we've all heard the same thing. So I'm sure not just me, but any undersized player has felt that same like, but I'm here, though. Napoleon complex. <laughs> They're always in a bad mood, man. Why are they always in a bad mood? Who's always in a bad mood? The small players. <laughs> the little guards. Oh, wow. Now we're all categorized like that? Yeah, man. Y'all always in a bad... I'm like, why are y'all always in a bad mood, man? Cheer up. You got to name five players that are small that are always in a bad mood. Okay, Chris Paul is not the most happy-go-lucky guy in the court. He's very serious. A- and, and I'm a demon deacon saying that. He's in a bad mood even when he's happy. What's that about? Chris Paul, that's one. Trey Young is happy because he's bowing, waving by to Madison Square Gardens. He's <laughs> laughing when people <laughs> foul him. I know we ain't talking about Trey Young, so name name four more small players that are always in a bad mood. I'm going to tell you right now, everyone loves this guy. I love this guy. But when he's playing, he's in a bad mood a lot. Isaiah Thomas. What? He's in a bad mood a lot. He's in a bad mood a lot. He's spicy. He, yeah, that smile will deceive you. Don't buy into it. That, are you kidding me? Okay, yeah, that's man. two. Look, I'll even, I'll even, I don't agree, but I'll give it to you. That's two. Cause you said all of us. So I, you got to at least uh-huh. be able to roll out five quick. Okay. Renee Montgomery's three. Oh, look, look. See, that's <laughs> what I'm to say. Uh-uh. You better. Uh-uh. I was smiling and laughing all the time. So me and Trey Young, we over here on the other side of things. Let's hear it. Nate Robinson is like the, I look happy, but he You're always, kidding. he always ready to fight. He's always ready to fight. All that smiling is just because he was ready to fight. He won. He was baiting people. He's baiting this bigger is a, players. This is, Come yeah, he's stretching. Your he's just naming short people over. now. It's already <laughs> over. You tried to say we were all unhappy and couldn't name three people? Tiny Archibald. Oh, man. Okay. Calvin Murphy. <laughs> reaching. Okay. Calvin Murphy is out here hitting people. Now, I rest my case. We are all not unhappy. It's actually fun slaying giants. So I would just like to say that I highly doubt you're going to find a lot of like mad, undersized players because we, we hype to be here. We beat the statistics. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Renee, uh, Trey Young, right before he went into health and safety protocols, he was back on track and balling out. I mean, he was averaging 31 9.6 assists and about five rebounds over his previous 10 games then had to check into health and safety protocols. And I, I posit to you, I mean, like I was like, I wanted to say he was close to 50, 40, 90% shooting percentages, 50% from the floor, 40% from three and 90% from the line. But like, I mean, as someone in the media right now, who's, who's done this for, for quite a while, when you're on air and you want to say that a player is close to 50, 40, 90, what numbers do you have to hit in that ballpark? I just say 50, 40, 90. Yeah. One of my big pet peeves is when someone says, well, actually, he's at 48, 90. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, like, we get it. Like, the idea is that he's in the neighborhood. Now, at the end of the year, when we're crowning people for this achievement, yes, you got to hit the actual numbers. But as we're talking about, he's in a hot stretch. He's averaging 30 points a game on 50, 40, 90 shooting over the last 10 games, whatever it is. It doesn't need to be exact. You get the idea. Yeah, I agree that you get the idea, but I also agree that that's like a prestigious club. So it's like to get 50, 40, 90 at the end of the year, 
to yes. to your point is that's where it really matters. I don't even think you should certain things. I don't even know. Like you can track it along the way, but I don't even, I wouldn't even mention that. Like I don't even talk about the 50, 40, 90 club until the end of the year, because it doesn't matter until the end of the year if you got it. So you could have 50, 40, 90 up until the last game. And if you don't get it, y'all spent six months talking about something that didn't really happen. So I don't really love to play the hypothetical game. I don't like to play the who's the best games, the list games. I like to like our where are we right now? And Trey Young's just playing well. Like I, And again, it's funny because when he plays well, there's always like butts after it. You know, he's playing well, but, but he's playing well. I got a butt. I got a butt what? for you. We all do, right? That, that's what makes us human. Yes. Why can't y'all win at home? That is the most bizarre statement because that used to be like that that was our home court advantage, you know. State Farm was turned up. We came off the road on the West Coast and then people were concerned and then we rolled off like seven wins in a row at home. And it was like, ah oh, yes, we recalibrated. We're back to our normal thing. Uh I think it's not necessarily a win at home thing. I think it's a we need to stay healthy, the same as everyone else. You know, we have players in and out of our lineups just like everyone else, and we're just not winning consistently. You know, I don't necessarily think it's a home or away thing, even though I do think we play better at home. I think we just need consistency in our lineup and decision-making, better decision-making. I feel like everyone's dealing with the consistency in the lineup thing, right? Like, that's what's happening. Is there a team – by the way, yo, Tom, you would probably track this. Is there a team right now that's like – COVID? No, we, we don't have no problems with COVID. Because yeah. it feels like every single team is having four or five players, but I know that's not true. So what are the teams that have been COVID-free? Is it Phoenix? And I think it actually matters to who has COVID. Oh, yeah. Because if Steph Curry still is playing and seven people for the Golden State Warriors are out in health and safety protocols, well, if Steph and Draymond are still good to go – you're, you're going to be all right. You're going to have a chance. But if you have Trey Young, Danilo Gallinari, Clint Capella in COVID protocols for us, that changes your dynamics. So I don't think it's necessarily if you have COVID getting hit or not. It's who's been able to play. Even look at Kevin Durant, what he's done with the group he has. They've they found a way to win games that they maybe shouldn't have won, but Kevin Durant's playing. So, yes, y'all might have got hit hard, but Kevin Durant is playing. And it made me think of an interview. Um, it was Lou Will and Patrick Beverly. And they were saying, like, you know, KD dropped a 50-piece nugget on y'all. Like, what was the game plan? And they was like, there's no game plan for a guy like that. And so if KD's still playing, yeah, Brooklyn might have got hit hard, but KD's still playing. Here's the funny thing. Utah has been clean from a COVID standpoint this year which is ironic given how things started with this whole right, thing. With Rudy. And as we know, if you have gotten COVID, uh, you're more, I guess, in the if you've had COVID recently, you're able to play, uh, be considered kind of immunized or vaccinated in the same group as those players. So it's almost like Utah, Utah, by virtue of having that entire mess at the beginning of COVID, it's too far away for it to actually, I think, impact currently. No, but yeah, that, yeah, ev- have- everybody, every, I was like thinking to myself, like Utah, they, they actually haven't had any issues with COVID. And I was on with uh, Spence. I mean, I was on with Spence on the radio and it, it just hit me. I was like, wait, wait, Utah is like the the poster boy for, for COVID. I mean, they are, they are the biggest headline about COVID. And right now they've got zero players and I think like close to zero people all, all season long. And that's a huge impact. They're 21 and nine. 
And if they lose Rudy Gobert for for COVID protocols or Donovan Mitchell, man, that's a, that that could be a house of cards. These are the teams that that right now, as of right now, do not have any COVID protocol people in there. So you named Utah, Phoenix, San Antonio, uh, Portland. Now, my, again, this isn't like you don't have any injuries. It's just you don't have any COVID protocols in there. Oklahoma City. This is a surprisingly longer list than I expected to hear just because of all the announcements of how many players are entering. But that lets you know that once it hits your team, it kind of just runs through your right team. Through. But if it if if you if your team has been blessed enough to not have somebody, like it doesn't spread. But I'm surprised even there's that many teams. But if you look at the names of Phoenix or Utah, well, those teams are at the top of the the rankings. And so even as this continues to go along and the NBA made a rule where, yeah, sign more players just in case players catch COVID. It's like, but what, how does that affect the playoff rankings? Like, how does that, let's say for the whole next month, you're playing with your not starter, not normal group. Well, that's a lot of games getting racked up. That's not necessarily decided by your, your main squad. When the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Roman ready. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started, having confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes. Even though you're far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. So here's what I need you to do. Go to GetRoman.com slash Habershow, H-A-B-E-R-S-H-O-W, right now and go speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction. And guess what? We'll get you $15 off your first month of treatment. ED is a lot more common than people think. You know, as I said, 52% of guys between 40 and 70 will experience some form of ED. Roman Ready is confidence personified. It's a self-assurance that comes from knowing you prepared yourself for the moment intimacy arrives. Roman system is confidential, totally discreet. There's no big logos or labels on the packages. And with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. It works really easy. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you, find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, it ships you free with two-day shipping. Straightforward, convenient, discreet. That's how I would describe this process. And it's real easy for you. All you got to do is go to GetRoman.com slash Habershow and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home, folks. Go to GetRoman.com slash Habershow. Again, that's H-A-B-E-R-S-H-O-W. If you're prescribed, you'll get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. I was thinking about that with Trey Young. It was like, man, usually it's like a few players are out. Um, when when one player, it's just it just spreads quickly. A bunch of players and protocols, but like Trey was for for a while the only player on the Hawks roster who was out. But now, of course, things have changed. Um, we got Renee Montgomery here, so I have to ask her. Atlanta currently under five hundred, but what's the biggest storyline with them this season? Why h- how they get back on track going forward? You know, I think the biggest storyline for us is 
building consistency all four quarters, you know, and that's more X's and O's diving deep. But even on the games, when you look at that, we lost, we could have played well for three whole quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, just not close out the game. Well, and a team like there was, there was multiple games where we were winning the whole game until like the last couple minutes of the game, like literally led points wise, the whole game and then lose the lead the last two minutes of the game and then lose the game. That, those are the heartbreakers for us. Like figuring out a way to win at the end of the games, I think is going to be our main thing, which is decision-making and, and different things of that nature. So that's our thing. We got to play all four quarters and and get some consistency. You know, I read a really good story on 538 this week about how uh, the Atlanta Hawks have filled corners, spread pick and roll, top 15 most in the past like six years, like in terms of the most frequency of spread pick and rolls with the corners filled basically a five out system that a mean that you popularized back in the phoenix days in seven seconds or less the number one team that does that is the utah jazz like the top five most frequent spread pick and roll with two both guys in the corners filling the corners standing there is utah and coincidentally or not they have the best offense in the nba the atlanta hawks have the best three-point field goal percentage in the nba Renee, how many times did you run a spread pick and roll with with two players in the corners every single time down the floor? Like, is that a dream for a point guard? Yeah, that's lit. Um, it's lit, especially <laughs> for, you know, like depending on your skill set. So when you look at like for me, I was considered a shooter. So it made the pick and roll really open up because somebody had to react when I'm coming off of it. That's the big man. And so now you got options. So when you look at the Hawks and a Trey Young, well, his shooting threat is crazy deep. So you're bringing out the defense so far. Yeah, spread it out and then put the shooters in the corner. All you got to do is catch and shoot. You even have players like a John Collins who's shooting great this year because these are catch and shoot threes wide open. It's a shooter's paradise for, you know, Danilo and all of them, Bogey. Like that's a dream. And so Trey Young is attracting all of that attention. Yeah, at, for a point guard, that's the, like at the end of the shot clock, that's my go-to every time, like every time. Right now, it's like the conversation is that the NBA is getting too homogenous with those like spread pick and rolls. Is like Luka Doncic a few years ago with Rick Carlisle spread pick and roll, and they had like the best offense of all time. And now you're seeing Utah just flame throwing teams offensively, and and you Atlanta they're putting it all together. Um, once Trey Young gets back, do you as an analyst, Renee, now that you're in the booth and and uh, analyzing games in studio. Do you care about like the aesthetics of basketball or do you mostly focus on just like, does this work? Does it not? I mean, a little bit of both. Like I care about the aesthetics when I watch little kids shoot like one, one dribble pass half court and launch a three. Cause they want to be like stuff. I or care Trey. about those. I, or, or Trey. Yeah. I care I, about those. You see aesthetics. How quick I care. All of a Steph? Oh, now it's Steph's fault. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, Steph claims, uh, you know, change the game. That's his slogan. He he ruined the game, like, in a in a good way. Like, he became so good at shooting threes that his slogan is ruin the game. And it's true, like, in a sense of kids want to be so much like him. Like, you know, when you wanted to be like Mike, it, you might want to play defense. You might want to, you know, be a two-way player. You might want to hit the game winner. Three, two, one at the free throw line. I just stuck my tongue out. That's all I did. You might stick your tongue out. Wasn't nobody trying to be like Mike on the defensive end. That's not what that was about. 
Okay, maybe not. But I'm just saying the things that Mike is famous for, if you wanted to be that, who cares? All right, you wanted to be like Mike on defense, be like Mike on defense. But if you want to be like Steph Curry and shoot logo threes, that's where it's like, oh, I don't know, buddy. Like, you got to heave it up there. Steph is actually shooting it like his normal jump shot. A lot of people ain't able. Everybody ain't able. So I do care about the aesthetics when it comes to that. Um, but I also care about efficiency and each team, what works for you. So if you got to do pick and rolls all day, it may not be the prettiest, but if that's what works for y'all, cool. But I, yeah, I do and don't. Yo, by the way, I remembered another small guard who was angry. <laughs> oh, wow. A- Aaron Brooks. Oh, Aaron Brooks was angry. Okay, so you're at, like, what, three? Again, if it's taking no. you this long, Again, I would say like two and a half. Tiny man. Archibald and Calvin Murphy, man. That's I would just that's like you to right know there. that it's, the, the, the point has been missed. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's know. I, miss, I, yes. I, I, feel, I feel like the point is still strong. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. No, but, but, but going back to what you're saying, you know what's funny, though, uh, Renee, is that I feel like this happens to a lot of great players where people try to emulate their greatness and kind of miss the point. So even when you said Michael, you know what people try to be like Mike? Shooting a fadeaway jumper in every every condition. Shooting when the game's on the line, no matter what. Even though he didn't even shoot it, no matter what, when the game was on the line. Shooting contested shots. These are all things we saw people from the playgrounds all the way up to the NBA try to emulate, which weren't exactly the things that made him special. In the same way that what makes uh, Steph special isn't, shooting threes from the logo what makes him special is that he doesn't stop moving right like that and, he, and his handle too his ha- forget about even like i think people recognize his handles and they recognize the range they don't recognize this dude doesn't stop moving and the ball doesn't stick with him a lot like he hits he, he gets off it he's still part of the a- action and he's he's continuously creating that um that attention that allows his teammates to do things but i think when you get Everything from, again, kid on the playground up until some of these NBA players trying to play like Steph in their minds, that means I got to dribble, 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 and then pull up from 40 because that's what Steph would do. And I think that that happens to all the greats. We want to know why. Why is that? Because that's what's in the media. When you go back and watch Steph's highlights, they're not going to show the 30 seconds of the play that he ran around before he shot the shot. They're going to show the end result of the handoff from Draymond, the deep three. They're not going to track stuff in the highlights because you got to remember, casual fan is a real thing. Everybody's not watching the game from start to finish to see, oh, Steph never stops moving. Oh, wow. He catches it and gets rid of the ball fast. Oh, wow. People are watching highlights. People are watching clips from Buzzer. People are watching stuff online, and they don't they don't care that he ran for 20 straight seconds and then shot the three. They're looking at the three. So while that sounds good, the media controls what people think is dope. And to your point, the MJ fadeaway, that's what we saw a lot. We saw the jump in fist pump, and you might have taken a bad shot, but you made it in the game winner. That's what you saw. So people are going to emulate what they see. It'd be hilarious if, like, the ruin the game ad was just him running off of pin downs. <laughs> and Draymond just <laughs> doing this shit right here. Right. <laughs> right. Split cuts. Yeah. Split cuts ruin the game. 
That's right. That's right. Elevators. Yes. Let's go, Steph. And then like the, the camera cuts off. Remember when elevators was a thing? I used to run through a lot of elevators. I'm not going to lie. They don't do them anymore, right? Yeah, because there's an easy way to guard them. You know, like once people figured out how to guard the elevator, you set the top defender on the top of the screener to switch out mm-hmm. right when the person comes through the elevator and then you just switch the guard. And the, the biggest post takes the post that roll. The guard takes the post that pop. It's just really easy to to defend it once you know how. But before people figured it out, boy, I was running through some elevators. I would be screaming, close it! As I'm going through it, I'd tell my post players, y'all better close that elevator. And it really did work. Shouts to Rebecca Brunson and Planette Pearson. Boy, you wasn't getting through that elevator. I'm going to tell you that right now. Is the elevator play only as good as the elevator doors? Well, not anymore. When you had good elevator doors, it mattered. But now people are just going to sit on top of the elevator and switch it out. So... You know, that's why elevators are no longer a thing. But before the defense caught up with that play, yeah, the elevator doors was everything. Like if you had brick walls that people were just going to run into and that's it. Like you can set your feet real good. I feel like that's got to be hard, though, like going from totally back to the basket, catch, turn all the way, shoot. But that's why you're a pro and I'm not. Oh, yeah. You got to get your feet right. That's just a little round turn, plant turn. Yeah, that's footwork. That's just footwork. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only reason why you're a pro. And I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tom, you only worked on your footwork. You could, you too, ruin the game. Work on your footwork because that's another thing that Steph Curry he gets his feet planted so quick. It's just not human like. But again, that's way too in the details. I could also talk about his release and how like is his form is the exact same all the time logo three or layup it's it's really like he's mechanical there's a lot of things that stuff does that that's in the weeds common people don't care but for a shooter yeah master class that's the whole thing damian lillard when he shoots from the logo lillard his his form doesn't change it's at all i think tell me isn't it all in the hips like your core let's People focus on your your wrist action or your your shoulders, but isn't a lot of that power generated from your lower and core body? Absolutely, which is why when your legs are tired, your shots fall short. And that's how you can tell somebody's range. Once you got to start moving different or shooting different or it looks more like a heave more than your normal shot, that's when you know, yeah, you out of your range. But for these guys that we're talking about, they have endless range. They shoot it normal. Like, and it's, that's kind of crazy when you think about they're shooting normal jump shots, one step in the half court. All right, Renee, I know you got to run here, but for Christmas day games, I want to know what is the best Christmas carol bar none in your playlist? What's your favorite Christmas song of all time? Well, this one's easy for me, guys. It's This Holiday by Serena Grace. Come on now. My wife's song, we listen to it on repeat around here on the holidays. It's a vibe. It's like a Christmas song playing off of 
um, in the pandemic, you know, imagine being in love in the pandemic and mask up tight to get on a flight to go see the one you love. So you're risking like not only you're you're actually risking your life a little. It's, it's, it's dope. So she actually tells our real love story in it, too, where I proposed in November, all of that. So she tells our whole love story. It's kind of embarrassing that everybody knows my business. They just tell your <laughs> life and that's just called art. You know, the wor- the worst part is the worst part is even when they're not telling your life. Everyone's going to think that's your life. Yes. And I know, like, do I have to give a disclaimer sometime? Like, listen, she not really like, you know, that bop ain't about me and that ain't about nobody. It's fictional. I know there's that whole thing now that everything she sings, everybody's going to think is about me or are we having trouble, trouble in paradise or. I remember when Tamia saying there's a stranger in my house, everyone's like, Ooh, gee, what's going on? What's good, Grant? It's just a song, you morons. Yeah, that's a real thing. So, I mean, look, we all assume everything Kanye said was about Kim, and then he let us know, Kimberly, I'm talking about you. I'm done. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a real reality when you date an artist. So she went out there and told all our business in this holiday. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's my favorite bop. But if we're going Christmas carols, like, um, every year, every Christmas got to be one of the top ones for me. And then I love albums wise, Mariah Carey and Bieber. I can listen to them like start to finish. I got to be honest, Buble, I, I listen to that one a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Buble's lit. I mean, I might be a white dude, but like, come on, like the Buble Christmas songs are pretty, pretty damn good. Sorry. Buble Christmas songs, but I'm telling you, don't sleep on Bieber. I'm just going to say it. Bieber got a classic. This is a time of year we can give it, give it, give it. Give it all. One through ten on your list. You can get it, get it, get it, get it out. Make your wish tonight when you open your eyes. When the lights go bright, girl, I'll be right there. Baby, you deserve everything you want. It's your night. Oh, wanna put my ear to your chest, girl. Baby, I hear melodies when you're. Okay, boys to men, all of them. There's boys to men on Bieber's album, Mariah Carey. Um, who is it? Uh, what is it, guys, called? He raps really fast. Busta Rhymes is on there. I mean, it's a real, it's a really nice Christmas album. Don't let the Bieber name fool you, because I, I can look at your face right now. I, was like, I mean, you. I was like, Twista has a Twista has a, a Christmas Carol. <laughs> Busta Rhymes. Busta, I think, and don't give me the lion, but I don't like the way you're looking. I mean, what's the problem? I feel like I'm the only one here. It's like Christmas time in Hollis Queens. Am I the only one? You just might be. I like that. It's Christmas up in Hollis Mom cooking something inside. Well, I I mean, we know the song. I'm just saying it's not at the top of my list, but it's still a bop. One other thing that I am not like Renee in is that my wife has not created a hit holiday song for me. (laughs) So there's that. But again. There's that shooting and I don't have a love song about uh, me proposing to my wife. That's a huge holiday hit. So <sighs> number two on the list. Also, I mean, have you come up with a uh, last thing right here? Have you come up with another name that was really angry, short player? I want to give you all more than five. I don't know what's, what's, what's happening. You can't. You can't I because did. it's not true. I just want you to admit it. This holiday season, 
where we're spreading love that maybe you missed the mark on that one. I can't, I can't help it if you guys have a memory that goes only up to like 1989 or whatever. Wow. I'm naming players from the 80s and the 70s. And if the- you have to go past 1989 to get five players, I would assume that maybe it's not as... It's not that many small players that played in the league, oh, man. okay, so like, now he's cheating. Wow. Yeah. I'm supposed to do. I, Y'all well, need I'm to hit him to- with some facts, man. I don't need to, but hit him with some facts, honestly, because that's just silly. Earl Boykins? <laughs> Renee, thank you so much for joining us on a pre-Christmas uh, pod here. I'm trying to work with Amin here. I'm trying. <laughs> I feel bad for you, man. You got to just, first he wanted to spread COVID on purpose. Now he's <laughs> Yo, saying that everyone sm- that's a small player is angry. What's good? Are you okay this holiday? Like, I want to do a health check, a mental health check. Are you all right? I will concede the short player point if you guys will sign on to the COVID Biological warfare in the NBA finals tactic. <laughs> nope. I think it is foolproof. I will not. No. I will not be peer pressured into foolishness. Y'all ain't trying to win. Two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to win. I'm done. This guy, somebody come get Scrooge on this holiday season, man. <laughs> ah, humbug. Somebody get the Grinch. Yes. Go listen to this holiday by Serena Grace. Bye. So, I mean, are you like a white noise sleeper? Do you need like city noise? Do you need someone talking to you as you sleep? Every night when I go to bed, I put on a DC movie. Maybe it's uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> Maybe it's The Batman with Robert Pattinson. But I need something extremely boring to put me to bed. Wow. I can't believe you would do that to them. I hate hard with a mean right there. There goes our sponsorship. For me, I do like the rain white noise. Uh-huh. Not just the white noise, because white noise we do for the kids, the toddlers. But I have so prioritized sleep because after doing all of these science articles on the power of sleep, and that's when you like build up all of your memory, your testosterone, like all of these uh, hormones and all these if you're if you're working out, if you're running. You need sleep. LeBron James famously is like a big sleeper. I'm always curious when he's watching the late game. Not very often. Because you know what makes LeBron James King James, I mean? Crown. (laughs) He might wear a crown while he sleeps. But it's sleep. It's those Zs. It's catching those Zs. It's catching those flies. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. And Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. Calm has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. And I've tried it before, and man, it does help. You know what also helps is a really boring book. I get through like five pages now. My buddy, Kevin, told me, read in the morning, not at night. And I was like, I get it, but it also helps me put to sleep. The Calm app also helps. Here's what you do. Start reading in the morning. Start using the Calm app at night. Ah, yes. LeBron and Calm know one thing. Your mind is like any other muscle in your body. But you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, you reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. You know, you always think that the idea is you just got to power through. You got to grind all night. Nah, that stuff is like the 1990s. That's the Oscar Robinson days, right, I mean? Did I say Robinson? Havlicek. Never slept. Never slept. Just powered through. Didn't believe in the power of sleep. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, 
Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes. That's right, LeBron. I'm right there with you, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com, that's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash Habershow, not Haberstrow. Habershow, H-A-B as in boy, E-R-S-H-O-W. For a limited time, I mean, you'll not get 10%. No. You'll not get 20%. No. Not even 30%, I mean. 32%? Nope. Oh, that's the big number. 40%, that is the same. Steph Curry shooting from 28 feet or beyond. 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like those rain on the leaves. And so much more, like sleep stories, meditations, all so you can be ready for the challenges that life throws your way. I mean... For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron James, yes, that LeBron James, in using Calm and get a 40% discount. That's right. I didn't believe it either. 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Habershow. Unlock content to help you focus ease stress and sleep better get started at calm.com slash habershow that's c-a-l-m.com slash h-a-b-e-r-s-h-o-w you think we're gonna get a shutdown no no i don't i think once they once they opened up the floodgates on signing replacement players that that uh, that was their tell they're not shutting down i think the shutdown's gonna happen like once the new year like once you get past Christmas, January, they're gonna, we're gonna go get a nice little two week. Everybody just relax. Mm, this wildfire, let's burn it right through. You know, like they kind of showed their cards there when they they announced the new protocols. The daily testing was going to be December twenty sixth, beginning December twenty sixth. Yeah. The other thing is that I believe we talked about this last week. Was it last? Yeah, it was last week. That a lot of this is stemming from Thanksgiving. And it's the delayed reaction of Thanksgiving. So Christmas is the same thing. Christmas Eve, everybody's off. Nobody plays on Christmas Eve. Everyone's either at home with family or on the road with family. And then even Christmas Day, again, there's five games. So that means 20 teams are off on Christmas Day as well. And most of those teams, again, if you're one of the early games, you're knocking it out, and then you're flying home for the road teams. If you're one of the late games, family spent the day, and then we're ending the day with the game. So I just feel like we're ripe for another mass spread uh, event, and that'll that'll delay for the next couple, you know, a couple of weeks into January. The other thing, and this is probably the most important part that we don't talk about at all is that it doesn't fucking matter what we do with teams and players. When everybody else in the arena, for most of these arenas, doesn't have any check or balance on it, right? So if you're going to sit around and say, we tested these thousand, say a thousand people are working game day, team players, coaches, uh, ushers, whatever. We're, we're up their ass on these a thousand people here. There's still another 19 or coming in who have zero checks and balances, who are also doing Thanksgiving and Christmas and getting and holiday parties and all that shit. I don't know. It's zero checks and balances. I mean, some teams are, you have to produce a negative test 
for most arenas, there is no question, right? For most, yes, Brooklyn and and uh, the Knicks and Lakers and uh, uh, Clippers, obviously, in Golden State, sure. But Oklahoma, Miami, Orlando, Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, San Antonio, uh, uh, Dallas, Phoenix, none of these buildings have, and there are many, many, many more beyond those. None of these buildings are asking much of their of their uh, patrons. Hey, when you come in, show proof of vaccination or show proof of a negative test within the last uh, 48 hours. We're not doing that. These people are just waltzing in. They're yelling. They're screaming. They're coughing. They're, they're spitting. All that stuff. Some of whom are right there courtside among our players. But even if they're not courtside, you're talking about an enclosed space where 95% of the occupants of this enclosed space are unchecked. No masks, nothing. So really, all this shit that we're making our players and our staff do, it's kind of futile, right? It's almost like, I don't know. It's like saying, hey, we're going to have a metal detector. No one's allowed to bring a gun into this, into this party. But then 95% of the party goers get to walk around the metal detector. So, like, what are we doing? So we just make sure that our staff and the artists don't, don't, aren't armed? Well, it's, it's a balance because they want the revenue from the fans, but they also want to be safe. So there's a, a, a sliding scale on that pendulum. But I would argue that there's zero regard to safety when, again, 19,000 people don't have to worry about it. That's zero regard for safety for, for, the, for the entire 20,000, for the players and for the, the fans. Like, if there was even a smidgen of a regard for safety, they'd say, okay, just get tested, man. I get it. We're all up in arms about vaccinations, whatever. You can't get tested? You can't produce a test? Like, that's going to put a dent. Like, if you are a team that has, let's say, average attendance of 17,000, you're saying if we ask them to get tested, how far down does that drop? Yeah, asking people to get tested right now is is incredibly difficult. It's, there's not an oversupply of tests. Right now in Connecticut where I'm at, it's been days of trying to find tests that people can take, rapid tests or PCR tests that don't require you sitting outside in 30 degree weather for three hours. So asking people, 17,000 people to produce a test on the, within 24 hours of the game, yeah, that's not a reality right now. Um, and the other thing is, is that to your point, 97% of the NBA is vaccinated. I can't say that 97% of the people going to NBA games is vaccinated. And so while they're protect NBA players and the staff are protected against uh, serious illness and hospitalizations because of those vaccines and boosters, the fans are in a different category. Largely. I guess what, what I'm saying about that is, A, first of all, how many of those people have been boosted of those 97%? Last time we talked, you said it was in the 30 to 40% range. Yeah, but I think it's closer to 60% of eligible. And that's that denominator is important. It's like 30% of the NBA might be boosted, but a lot of NBA players just recently got the vaccine. And so they're not they're not eligible for a booster because it's too close to the vaccination date. So 30% of the NBA, and that's the last time it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, it might be 40 or 50% of the NBA is boosted, but of the eligible boosted players, um, 
eligible to be boosted. I think it's like 60%, maybe 70%. So we'll see. And, and there is, there is science coming in that the J and J, the J and J vaccine is not as strong, um, of a protector against COVID. Um, and after two months of having the J and J, you are encouraged to get a vaccine. Whereas in Moderna and Pfizer is more than six months. The reason I bring all that up is because there's an element of almost like player shaming. I feel like, and we talk about all oh, these guys are in protocol. We got to shut it down. But the the reason that they're, they're in protocol is because they're testing positive. The reason they're testing positive isn't necessarily because of some ridiculous life choice they made. It might be just from being inside a building with twenty thousand people, of whom we have no idea how many are vaccinated or not. And also, what you said, which is because many of these guys are vaccinated and and some are boosted, the chances of this being other than just a an asymptomatic or a light symptom positive is reduced, which starts a conversation about, okay, how much reaction do we have to have towards someone testing positive? Yeah. And, and the cohort or the, the number of people in that are testing positive and their age and their health status at this point is much different than the population in America as a whole. So there are a lot of different variables here that NBA players shouldn't be, I guess, uh, victimized or targeted for, I don't know, getting COVID when their livelihood depends on them going into work indoors and playing, which is different than the NFL, which is different than, than baseball. So it's going to be a different, um, circumstance, set of circumstances. Um, I mean, I got some Tom's trivia for you. Ready? Maze, you can play too. I don't know. I don't know why this is just a mean here, but Maze, if you'd like to join in on this trivia, um, because you are the trivia master here, you're the trivia expert. You might not be an NBA expert, but you are a trivia expert. And I want to see if you, you feel me on this question here. Okay. Christmas Day games are coming up, Amin and Maze, with 31.4 points per game in 12 Christmas Day games. Who is the all time leading scorer? Scoring average on Christmas Day games, minimum 10 games played. Is it A, Oscar Robertson, B, Kevin Durant, C, LeBron James, D, Kobe Bryant, or E, Dwayne Wade? I'm going to go with my gut, Tom, and I'm going to go with D, Kobe Bryant. Maze's answer is in. He has chosen D, Kobe Bryant. I know it was Kobe Bryant for a very long time, but I think Kevin Durant, recently by virtue of exploits on Christmas Day might have nudged him over. But I'm going to stick with Kobe. Whoa! 12 is a lot. 12, I don't think Durant's played in 12 Christmas Day games. That's why. He's played in 10. Played in 10. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, reading the tea leaves there, the little crumbs. I'm going to stick with Kobe. Always an attention to detail that Amin Al-Hassan. Um, it is not Kobe Bryant. D is incorrect. Mm. If I was looking for the total number of points, that would have been correct. He has 395 points on Christmas Day in 16 Christmas Day games. Um, that's the record in total points, but not in per game. He is averaging 24.7 on Christmas Day games. Um, not correct. Kobe Bryant, not correct. B, Kevin Durant is not correct either because he's only played in 10, 29.9. Actually, this was in order of the highest scoring average, the num- the names I gave you. Wow. Oscar, compiler. So Christmas day games have always been a thing. Yes. Because I was skewing towards more recent, like the NBA Christmas has been around since 
my childhood. It's what I always think of. But I guess they've always, always played on Christmas and Oscar got 12 in his career. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Robertson averaged 31.4 points. He had 12 games, uh, 377 points overall, which is fewer than LeBron James by six points. He has 383 points and an average of 25.5. He's in third place, Kobe in fourth and Dwayne Wade at number five. So I like the little deduction you're doing there. You're trying to re- you're trying to reverse engineer your answer. Christmas Day is always the big billboard for the NBA. It's when the general population stops paying attention to football for a little bit, and it's like, oh, what are they doing over there in the NBA? And it's a marketing tool. And Kobe seems to just fit that era of mm. the big name that you throw out on Christmas, and he's always going to go for it. So that was my thinking, but. Oscar, that's hilarious. Maze, what do you think about me um, putting the old timer name in a mix of modern day players? Do you feel like that? Could have used like one more. If you'd said like Kareem or something instead of Dwayne Wade. Bob Cousy or Jerry West. John- yeah. yeah. Cousy, that would have been the one. Yeah, you think that would have been more of a curveball? Who has the lowest career shooting percentage on Christmas? <laughs> Bob Cousy. <laughs> Actually, I do have that here. Let's see. Yep. <laughs> it is Bob Cousy. No, you don't have to of, check. Of the players who are eligible in minimum 10 games, Bob Cousy checks in at 37.8%. Little bonus trivia for you guys right there. That's above average for him, by the way, I believe. <laughs> he's, he's on fire. He stepped it up on Christmas. On oh, Christmas. Got to show the people. Got to give the people a show. That was the real gift to all of us. <laughs> and here's the other thing. It wasn't on three-pointers. I just saw this, that J.J. Redick is checking it at 39.6% on Christmas Day games. It's because he just took a bunch of threes. Yeah. Bob Cousy didn't have a three-point shot. But if he did, guys, <laughs> he'd be lighting it up. He shot worse. And that, my friends, is Tom's trivia here. I've got to run. It's holiday season. I hope everyone stays safe. I mean, are you hanging out or are you going down to Miami for Christmas? No. Why would I be in Miami for Christmas? You think those why guys not? work? You think those guys work? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know how the Levitard Levitard has like two moments where it's like, yeah, I know this is a big deal for sports, but I don't do any fucking work. One is like this time of year between Christmas Day and all the New Year's bowls. Nope, they're all out on that. And second is July 4th. They're, they're really adamant on like, I don't give a shit that NBA free agency is <laughs> happening. We are out. <laughs> We're done. Tell us who signs in about two weeks. That's right. I think we had to record our show and then just like send it in. Yeah. And we'll deal with it a week later. Yeah. I mean, a lot going on in the NBA these days. And sometimes you feel like you're behind and you miss the biggest sports headlines from the night before. Have you ever wondered, I mean, how what happens in the league or in the NBA might affect your bets or impact this week's bets? I'll be honest with you, man. I try. I try. I wake up in the morning. I turn on the radio, satellite radio, local radio, I'm trying to get insights. You can't listen to every podcast, though, in every radio station, Tom. So how do you how does one narrow it down to the information that I need to make good bets? I mean, there's a lot of like nightly recap podcasts but if you want one with a betting angle what you should do is relive the best in sports from the night before with bet mgm tonight presented by bet mgm i listen to it because there's just so much stuff out there that i can't possibly keep up 
I like that they have this kind of new age look at how to approach the NBA or any sport. Bet MGM tonight is a high energy live destination for casual and hardcore sports fans alike. It's engaging. It's polarizing. It's relevant. So get caught up in the sports betting world with a heavy dose of entertainment. Quentin Mayo, my guy Q from NBC Sports Washington and Ryan Horvat from 1250 AM The Fan and Trista Crick are joined by on-site correspondents to bring you insider information in real time. Every detail matters when making bets. BetMGM Tonight dives deeper to help give you the edge. That's right, guys. It's fun to bet on the games, but it's even way more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Tune in to BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Listen on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. That's BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. You heard it here, folks. That's BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. And in case you're wondering, BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. What you didn't hear before, but what I'm going to tell you right now, you need to tune in to BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. For the people in the back, louder. Bet MGM tonight presented by Bet MGM. <laughs>